How are you, Nick? I'm good, Greg. How are you? I'm I'm actually pretty stoked. I'm very stoked. So today, guys, well, welcome to the podcast. Long podcast share I'm Nick Liberty. That's Greg Order. Um, today we are enjoying the brand new limited edition from Altidus USA, uh, the Henry Clay Warhawk Rebellious. Now, for those of you who don't know, maybe some of you, most of, I would hope most of you do. Um, just over a year ago, um, Altidus released a brand new version of the Henry Clay, which is a, a very old brand called the Henry Clay Warhawk, and it just took the industry by storm. Very highly rated. It was on, I believe, our top 25 yep. last year. Yep. Top three favorite Connecticut. Top uh-huh. three favorite Connecticut. And so they're following that up this year with a very highly anticipated um, Nicaraguan version of the cigar made by A.J. Fernandez called the Rebellious. And made at the Florida. Made at the, still made at the Florida Coupon, but the tobacco is all Nicaraguan right. from, uh, from AJ. AJ. Right. Actually, is it, made, it is made at Florida Coupon, right? Yep. But it's all A.J. tobaccos, yep. I believe. Um, first of all, this is, I think it's, even though I'm much, I love the original, I think it's better looking. I think the wrapper I looks agree. better. It's flawless. I think that I like the band. Like, and you were saying before how the band is like one unit. It's not like a dual band. Like it says like Henry Clay and then Warhawk. It's all one band. I love the gold on white with the red. And it's all one. Yeah. Um, uh, it's like, it's modern and it shows like a premium characteristic, but it still has that kind of old West 18 or 19th century look that Henry Clay's are known for. Even right. though, like, the box is like more of a dark stained wood, yep. like a rustic looking wood. I do have a bone to pick. What's the bone? I don't like the limited edition draped everywhere. Yeah. I get it. I'd been fine with the box. I don't know. Why is it uneven right there? I think it's just how I put it back together. Oh, okay. I will say, and, and this is why I know Brendan, Brendan's been pushing us, and we, we kind of did it already, but to do a top five, like, red and gold bands, it is a very popular color scheme. On cigars. You see very few pinks. The only one I can think of is the Southern Draw Rose of Sharon. Okay. It's like the only pink I can think of. Yeah, it's like a yeah. neon pink, yeah. though. It's, yeah. it's still pink. Yeah, it's still pink. It's just um, weird colors. But yeah, red and gold. I mean, there's Cinquenta, Coalition, this. Like the, the, the it's got to be a uh, mind thing to that. I, I, yeah, but I don't know if it's More like if the mind that. tricks or people, it's just an appealing, just appealing color. I love it. I love a red and Opus. Yeah, Opus is red and gold. Añejo is red and gold. America. Yeah, because you know the you know the colors that American flag, red, white, and gold. I didn't say the flag, just America in general. <laughs> America is gold with a gold it. standard. That's it. We are the gold standard. This is fantastic, by the way. What's the blend? Do you say a blend? Pure Nicaraguan. I think it uses a Nicaraguan Habano wrapper. Um, oh, like the black market. Like the black market that we smoked last week. We just didn't change and move. <laughs> You know, we've been living here to protect ourselves from pandemic COVID. <laughs> and David Allen salads. Oh, my God. I've stacked. The fridge ready upstairs to go. <laughs> stacked with salads, bro. Ready to go. I can have salads for four meals. There you go. Um, what do you think? I, I'm really enjoying this, honestly. I'm not that I'm surprised, surprised. I thought it was going to take a little bit to get into, but I'm enjoying this off the bat. I, I, I am. I think it is for the cigar weight review is a little under, a little light, but I think it draws the same as the... Original Henry Clay, hmm. or the, not the original Henry, the the original Warhawk. This is a brand it's that they, they've really tried screwing around with recently, and and they've had some. Initially, they had some minor success with it. They did do the Henry Clay stall cut, which was pretty good, and then they did the Henry Clay tattoo with Pete Johnson, because oh, okay. Pete Johnson, this was his favorite brand before he like got in the industry. He was smoking a lot of Henry Clays. Um, it was a good cigar. It was Pete Johnson's, I, I, I want to say, like, first cigar, like, not 
with Tatawahe and like my father. He, I guess, he came to like Altidus's facilities and blended it with like what they had. Um, I had it when it came out. It was good. It was like a if I had to give it a score, like an eighty-eight. It was a really, really good smoke. But the Warhawk, they've really Raphael Nadal, man. He's just between his fancy lunches and his blending techniques. They're really rocking it right now. He's rocking it right now. He really is. I I think it's now. It's, everyone has its own little profile. Everything has its own little story and character to it. It's Here's not the thing. Now I'm going to get not the same. I'm going to get even more upset now if they make a dud than I did before. Right, right. Because before it was well, you know not not the they duds, but just like, like when they were making the same things. When it was like the same thing, you know. And, and I and I've mentioned this on several podcasts. And I even told Raphael when he started working with Altidus, I'm like, this was my problem with it. It was so many of the. I mean, they were all good, but it was all the same. Right. Um. But it was kind of like, oh, they're releasing that. Yeah, that's about right, about par for the course. Now, because now I'm anticipating excellence from them, uh, like because they've just been rocking for the past two years. Now, if they release something that's like kind of middle of the road, I'd probably be more mad now than I was a couple years ago. I would love to have a par in the course. I'd love to be par in the course. I played this past weekend. How was it? It was good. So we don't play that much anymore. So instead of oh, playing, uh, instead of playing like our own ball, we do a two v two best ball. You just love t- you, anything in your life. Anything two v two. We want a date. No, double date. Two v two. That's it. Me and my wife are going to eat more garlic knots than you. We're gonna yes, <laughs> absolutely. No, it's about distribution of the appetizer. Yes. It's curb curb reference. Oh god. Yeah. I, no, but here's the thing: is I got something I can relate to just the appetizer part. You got to you got to distribute evenly. That's why I I personally think at a restaurant where they have appetizer with like a certain quantity, like oh we do like these you know meatballs. I mean you. you you should really change the amount you give to how many people are at the table. So if there's three people at the table, do not give them four. You give them three. Like everyone's got one. Why wouldn't you cut that that last one in thirds? Oh, you're not gonna cut. I'm not, I'm not cutting them Why in thirds. I'm at a restaurant. You cut it in thirds. Then you cut Why? it in thirds. I would give them. Six. No, I mean like you as like the chef or like the restaurant. You oh. cut it in thirds. But they're not gonna go and sit there and you know be like, oh, I gotta figure out my books. Well, I'm I cook. Three meatballs this I gotta day. I got to figure out my books. Yeah, when anybody with a the restaurant, they, the reason oh, why they're giving you... Oh, you like accounting. Food. I thought right. they had a study for a test. No. <laughs> I got to figure out a study for... Yeah, because that's what they're doing. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. The chefs aren't doing accounting. <laughs> they're, they're cooking. Well, they, no, some are. The owners are. Right, yeah. if they're a chef. But like, I'm not going to go and sit there and figure out how many people are sitting at a table. I mean, it is a great idea. So that's why maybe instead you would do quantities... To your appetizer. Or you do like a thing where you sign up for like, here's the meal for like, you know, how many people are in your party? Like, all right, here's, the, here's the set menu. And then like each person gets one of these, two of these, one of these. Or, or you get a plate like by, by table. So if it's a table three, it's a three divided plate. Yeah. yeah. Three divided plate. Is that how you'd say that? Sure. All right. Excellent. <laughs> or just give everything in evens. Eight mozzarella sticks. But what if there's, like I said, what if there's, no, what if you give, what if you books. give, you got to worry about the books. <laughs> what if you, so let's say you want to do everything. So let's say you give, you know, eight, you know, whatever, quesadillas, but there's three people there. Now you have an uneven distribution of quesadillas. So then you got to figure, what you got to do is you have that one quesadilla and you got to make sure you cut it into the amount of people sitting at the at the. Well, the good part the is there's always one person who's like, no, I'm good. I don't want it. Well, then that's their an asshole. They definitely want it. No, no, They definitely want it. Then there's two people who are like. I really want it, but I'm not going to be the first one to say it. I'm going to wait for Greg to say I don't want exactly. it. Exactly. Like, oh, I'll just take it then. Because right. you remember, cool. there's always that one thing. Like, let's make believe this is a mozzarella steak. Everybody's just sitting there. I'm always, I'm definitely eyeing that up, waiting for someone to be like, all right, you're not going to eat that, right? You want that? I'm like, no? Good. 
that you I do that with, You've done that with me. Like, want the last chip? No? Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> At least I asked. So you can't come back around you and asking say- asking that while in the process of grabbing it. You don't want that? Okay. Well, hey. Where if I said, yes, I do want it, you'd just be like, too bad. Is there no, I, w- I, w- I wouldn't need it. I have, I have uh, morals. We got to figure out what we're getting for your birthday. Yeah, I know. You know what? It's coming on my birthday. We can't even talk about it yet. Well, so what are your initial <laughs> thoughts on the rebellious? Very smooth. No bitter undertones at all. Like, no aftertaste, nothing. It's got, really it's like. got a similarity to the 175. It does. Um, oh, really? Like in not in like in, in terms of a certain Warhawk, and, uh, not in terms of, of a certain flavor characteristic, but in an overall like has a lot going on. But even in cigars that I really enjoy that have a lot going on, there's usually one something that's like a little more dominant than others. This is like there's spice but not too much. Yep. Riches but not too much. There's sweetness but not too much. There's like an oak wood taste to it, not too yeah. much. Like that. That's where yeah, I have, oak wood. That's a good. I'm definitely getting some oak wood. Another another bone to pick on that is that I've been getting too much of that in my cigars lately. It's getting too much of that oak wood taste that it's like just over. It's just overpowering. Yeah. Kills the palate. You got to drink something better with it instead of your. No, this is delicious. Arctic fusion. Now drink. it's this is good. <laughs> now this is good. There's um, no chocolate tones on this guy. No, but I also or I think cream. I think the burn. This, I think that burn is fantastic. I mean, Florida Capon. Yeah. Great factory. Ernesto. Ernesto Granwinko. That's it. I love saying He's his name with like a scar face. Granwinko. <laughs> I like um, to meet his parents. I love. I love. I don't even. Uh, I haven't seen him in person in like a while now. Oh, yeah, I think the last time I smoked in Carolina, probably. For me, yeah. You saw. You saw him. I in, saw him. You saw him yeah, in Honduras. I saw him in Honduras before yeah. this whole thing hit. I actually pretty, could have gotten locked down in Honduras if I stayed there another week. Funny story about that. Not a funny story. I would have. I would have like escaped. Like I would have like rented a horse. I would have been, been like, like the rock. Get, I'm getting out of here. <laughs> would have been like the rock. Yes. So, you being stuck in Honduras during a pandemic and the movie The Rock are the same thing. Welcome to San Rosa. <laughs> so welcome to Florida. Nickel my wife is, you know, a nurse and Cronwinkle. and a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known you piece of. <laughs> Why am I not surprised, Cronwinkle? <laughs> See, it's definitely something Sean Connery should be saying, Cranwinkle more. Like, that's more of a Sean Connery word. Oh, I'm sure she's Cranwinkle. But uh, the, a doctor, a couple that were doctors at her hospital got stuck in Honduras, actually. And they had to get, like, a flight. It was, like, some See, absurd, like, $2,500 flight. I'm, I'm on board for a lot of the... Oh, I wasn't there. A lot of the safety things that have been put in place for COVID. Like, oh, you know, I wear my mask. I do what I'm told... If I'm in another country and I'm like, oh yeah, you can't leave, I, that that's when I'd be like, no, like I'm leaving, like I'm going home, I'm not being stuck. I don't care, where, I don't care if I'm stuck in a, a beautiful Mediterranean villa. I'm like, no, I'm going home. You can't, you can't keep me. Are here. Are you telling me you wouldn't stay on a beautiful beach, because and they allowed you to stay there by myself? Yeah, absolutely. So beautiful beach, Woodbridge, New Jersey, for me. I wonder what I would do. Where's your fiance? Woodbridge, New Jersey. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Good thing she doesn't watch. Good, good thing that none of our significant others watch. No. Yours because they don't watch mine because they don't exist. Um, <laughs> no, she doesn't watch it anymore. She, didn't, she got tired of it. She didn't like me calling her JBB. No, I was bashing the crap out of her. <laughs> this jerk over here. Not making any quesadillas. <laughs> not, not dispersing the meal. <laughs> um, I'm very impressed with this cigar. Yeah. Very, very much so. Yes. And it is limited edition, so make sure you get your hands on it. It's really hard to put down. I know. Trust me, I know. <laughs> anyway, today top our tips. topic is... Top tips. 
Just top, a tip. Top tips for investing in cigars. Mm-hmm. Who's that, that crazy investor guy? Uh, who's always on? He's always on like C-SPAN or something. He like he like always wears suspenders. Sell, sell, sell. What's that? Oh, something, that guy. Something Kramer? On, uh, something Kramer? C, um, the money something yeah. on MSNBC. Yeah, MSNBC. Yeah, that guy. I forgot that his name. Guy. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about cigar investment. Um, this started really during the '90s. Um, I'm sure. There, I'm sure there was cases of it happening before then, but during the cigar boom is really really started. Um, and there's a correlation between investing and collecting cigars. Um, the correlation between that and kind of the mind frame of people being more, you know, the, the general public being more informed about the products um, that they're, you know, whether that be alcohol, you know, whiskey, wine, um, the 90s and, and the kind of the, the early sproutings of the Internet is really what led to people being more informed on their products. Because if you go back to the 1960s, how many like wine aficionados were there compared to today? You know, maybe there was a couple sommeliers at fancy restaurants and then families who, like, owned wineries. But, like, your average accountant most likely wasn't an informed wine connoisseur. Seems like, seems like the luxury hobbies became more – got bigger with the Internet. It was because of the Internet. It was because people would Interwebs. go and they would, they would investigate what they're smoking. I mean, this is when the cigar forums first started. Right. And so, you know, people would go on, they're like, hey, anyone else smoke cigars? You know, what do you recommend? Because it, it was, it was pe- different people than just who were like, who was in your local shop or your buddy. People from around the country, oh, there's this great cigar that I found at this shop called this. It's really good. You should check it out. And, you know, the word of mouth thing, Steve Saka played a huge part in that on um, those early cigar forums yep. in the 90s. Um, and then you had, um, you know, kind of one of the first major, and still to this day, I mean, the, 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 Historical significance of this cigar and its longevity is incredible, but the Opus X is really what started it. came out in the early 90s. It was the Blanton's bourbon of the industry. It was like, the, like obviously there was high-end cigars. They just started making Dominican Davidoffs. There was obviously Cubans if you can get your hands on them. For what they also had Hemingway and Don Carlos at this point, which were seen as higher-end offerings, Macanudo. But this was the first like high-end limited edition that was marketed that was blended correctly and then marketed correctly and marketing not so much in like advertising or talking about it but also how many of these are we making that plays a part into marketing being able to say we only made 50 boxes of this or 500 boxes of this um and this is back then where the internet stores weren't super big yet actually there probably were very few maybe jr i think jr's internet was around um in the 90s but this was... Only uh, JR's internet, not no. the actual internet. JR's. Yeah, yeah it was actually JR on the internet. JR and Bill Gates. Was there any, like, quick question uh, of your knowledge. Do you know if there's any limited edition or releases that happened before Opus X that just didn't hit right from not, the top of your head? Not that I know okay. of. Not, not anything that's, that's common knowledge. Um, maybe the Partagas 150, I think, maybe came out in, like, the early 90s. Um, and that used like a special rapper that was already 15 years. Yeah, you, you talked about that. Yeah. yeah. So may, maybe something like that. Um, I'm sure there was some, but the, the the crowd wasn't right for it because like people just like bought cigars back then. You know, my dad was a big cigar smoker. He was like, oh, I kind of like these and these and these. I'm just going to buy. You couldn't sell him. I'm like, oh, listen, this is a limited. He uses this wrapper. It's been aged for five. He didn't care. He's like, I just want my cigars for when I'm in the garden, you know? Um. Maybe some Cubans. How did are we find to... more time in our life? What do you mean? Well, I mean, like you think about it, our parents weren't into much. They're like, and if they were, they're like, I just want the Budweiser or the 
the bundle cigar and just to do things. Because honestly, now, life I, is easier now. Like life is is, it is much it because easier. we just now pay for things to get done you instead just of pay doing for things themselves? to get done. But like, not a lot of people do. Like my roommate is like very rarely like wants to call a guy. He fixed our toilet. We did our own painting in the house over the the pandemic period. We put up new shelves ourselves. He's he's been installing lights. You know, so there's still a lot of people who don't rely on calling a guy. But, but like, I don't know what it is. I feel like I mean, it just dawned on me because I like I was sitting there. You know, you know, I'm building my new house and I'm like I have so much stuff to do. I'm like, I have no time. But I'm wondering how, like, people now have so much more time. Uh, I don't know, man. That's, a, that's actually a really good question. Sorry. I was wondering if they, they want to make the time because if, like, Nick says, I, I, I got this specific beer at this specific brewery, now we have now some people don't have the time to do it on the weekends. Are, now, it's, I think it's word to mouth. And I'm sure it you, was like that back then. But. I think I actually I, I figured it out. Because if you think about it, our parents, I don't know how early, you know, young your your parents or your parents when they got married my parents got married at 20 my parents did not so i'm wondering if it's more of like they had that attitude of like we're we're grown-ups where now i'm 36 years old and i'm finally now getting into the house and not to i want to say it's it's a i don't want to use the word selfish but it's like a thing where like our parents when we were younger like, it took us to some stuff that was, like, adult stuff, but they would mostly do, like, stuff for kids. Like, all right, we got to go to this kid's birthday party. We got to do this. Oh, they want to go to fun time land today. I feel like people nowadays, which I'm totally in support of, they take their kids to, like, their fun times. Like, there's my sister brought my niece to to, a, to Magnify Brewery with us one day. You know, she was a year old. So she just sat on the table with us and hung out. But, like, we're, we're trying to incorporate, like, I still want to have my fun time. Because also we're realizing for mental health, like, it's, it's important to get these, not all the time, but it's important to get these relaxation times and maintain some of who you were before you became a dad or before you became a husband. And people are realizing that now. Whereas our parents' generation, once you got married, like, I'm a dad and a husband now. There's no other thing that describes me. I think this it's a social media thing. Social media, well, we too. Can go, we can go down that too far. But see, here's the thing is I enjoy doing the things, like the going to a brewery, going to one, but I don't post about it. No, right, because post. you don't care. There's some I people that have to have their identity and tell everybody what they're doing. But like I said, we can get in this whole philosophy of things. Right. So anyway, back to investing yeah. in cigars. <laughs> Got it. Um, so the Opus X, like I said, iconic. And that was one of those first ones where, I mean, dude, they're still limited to this day. This is 20, almost 30 years later, and there's still a lot of places you can only buy two. You can't buy them online anymore. You only got them in, in, excuse me, in store. But even back then, it was like, oh, you can only buy two. You can only buy one box. And people will go to different stores and stock up and collect them. Then maybe they would use them as trade bait later, or no, or they would just stock up so that they would have them. You know, um, Halfield did a review on like an original. Somebody had bought a uh, like a bundle pack of like the original like 1992 like pre-release Opus. They they couldn't put a price on them. They're like, there's there's no way we, we couldn't even guess what this price is. Right. How so, would you smoke every Opus X you had? Right. Like, you wouldn't just hold on to them. I mean, I might. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't hold on to them for, like, maybe for trade bait, but not really. I, I kind of, the things I have, I want to smoke. But, like, if you have something crazy, I, I would consider it. Because I, I don't buy a box of something for, like, for the future of selling it or for the future of trading it. No, I just buy having it for, the, it for, for the future of smoking. I don't know when that's going to be. Right. But, like, for the, I plan on smoking this okay. at some point. Because I, like... You know how, like, when we were kids, we'd have the, uh, like, the sports figures, and you'd put, yeah. you know, they're better to leave in the box. I was the guy that needed to take them out of the box. My brother is the one that would leave them in the box. How much did these sellers for? Oh, nothing. Because exactly. they're worth nothing. I wanted to, you right. know, 
Set them baseball. Up Remember how big baseball cards were? And now oh, like, yeah. you, they're, like, they're worth so nothing. Many. They're worth nothing. I have Magic the Gathering cards. You ever want to play? Oh, you should hang out with my brother-in-law. He's, That'd be great. He, he plays big into Magic. I, I don't do it anymore. Were you any good? That was a third third rank mage. That was pretty good. Come on. Um, Look look at me. But so it was really the that that started was like like the limited edition genre of of anything, but you know obviously of this of the cigar industry. Um, And then, but then, what's before we even go into more limited edition of like American stuff? The big market right now for collecting is obviously Cuban cigars, and this is due to um, the rarity and, and a lot of factors that go into that rarity one obviously they're not available in the u.s so that makes them even more desirable but also it's how cuba handles their limited editions now is they have a lot of country only releases so they'll do a special size or blend money chris that's only available in spain this one's only available in the uk this one's only available in mexico how do you feel about that well, i mean it's, it's like this, it's like the states of the it's like the crown head state Trump. you know the state one god damn it john yeah, he's cute. John, you're Cuban. <laughs> you're Cuban, John. <laughs> um, so you'll have guys who are like, oh, they're now, you know, oh, the new Monte Cristo, you know, España, it's released tomorrow. You have guys who will drive to a store in Spain and buy two or three boxes, and then they'll they'll save them. You know, they'll buy two. They'll buy one to, to smoke through and one to save. Um, also, historic. You know, there's a lot of historical cigars that people are seeing value in now. Cuban Davidoffs, for example. Um, in the 80s, Zeno Davidoff had, had enough with uh, Cuban manufacturing. He didn't like the quality. He took, like a, I think it was 100,000 Cuban Davidoff cigars, and he lit them on fire, like in a big bonfire as like a protest, and was then he, he stopped like, making was Cubans. Was he like the Joker in the... Kind of. Lighten up it's the not money. about money. It's about sending a message. Which is exactly what he did. Yeah. Um, and then he started, obviously, making the, the, the Dominican varieties with uh, the Kellners and everyone. But Cuban Davidoffs... You find a box, they go for big money, like a small box that you're never even going to open at best five, six grand. At best, five, six grand. Um, cigars that Winston Churchill owned, RFK's, or JFK's, you know, Upman collection. Um, but it, again, it's based on that, on that has, uh, the historical significance of it. And also these, these really limited um, Cubans. And Cubans even more so than like kind of the American market limiteds because I feel like I don't know that much about the Cuban industry. I feel like a lot of the American market, I mean, they're making them in limited batches, but it's not limited. Like, if you wanted to make more, you could. Cuba, I think, is a little different. Cuba, I think, is really like, no, this is all we're making. This is all we're ever going to make of these. They don't have to worry about FDA and stuff either, right? There's nothing. I mean, I'm sure they got to worry about heavy regulation in Cuba. Okay. Yeah, I think as a communist nation, I'm sure their regulation ain't ain't peachy. Um. Which is also beach. a the government. Well, then again, the government also runs the cigar industry in Cuba. True. It's all under one one roof, and that's what brings us into the conversation about investing in the American cigar market and knowing really what to invest in. Um, so, like for example, Henry Clay Warhawk is a uh, the rebellious is a limited edition. It's a fantastic cigar. However, when it's coming from a company like Altadis. The term limited edition is different than when it comes from a smaller manufacturer. Did you did it say on the press release how many boxes of these they I were releasing? I think 1,900 or 1,600. So 1,600 is a good amount. That's that's a lot of boxes. 1,200. 1,200. That's still Sorry. a lot of boxes. Um, you got to think of like if every major retailer got, you know, the three major yeah, ones. Yeah, a box of 20. That's got well. like 200 each. And then if every store got, got 10, it's only in the one size. 
so if, yeah, twelve hundred of one size is it's a decent. It's still limited, and I still would definitely say just getting your hands on it. Sixty boxes, not a lot. What? They only made sixty boxes. We have one of them. Yeah, but wait, they made sixty. Yeah, yeah twelve hundred divided by twenty is sixty. Really? Yeah. Twenty times sixty. Is, oh, I guess. Um. But. When you're looking in terms of investing in something that you want to you know, get a hold of, you got to look into certain cigars that already have a touch of notoriety to them. Um, and also ones that, you know, that, that a big deal is made about every year. For example, I think if you, if you uh, I, I wish I had known about this when I was younger, I would have hired somebody to buy them for me when I was you know, in my teens. Um, but the Tatuaje Monsters, every year when Tatuaje Monsters uh, Monster Series is released, you get your regular kind of boxes of them, which is, are still incredibly limited. But then a select few stores get like the fancy coffin boxes. Uh, Joe downstairs has one on his desk. That I don't oh. know how he got it. I might have sent it to him. But very rare. I want to say they make less than 100 of those boxes. Um, and then the same price as a regular box, which is even crazier. It's not like, oh, these are gonna, the regular box is 200 These are 800 No, same price. But they may... If you have... Like one full box, like one full coffin box of each of the monster series, you're looking at thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. Do you think this is, you know, being with the way out this used to be, especially now with the Cinquenta, the 175th, I think they made a lot more. But do you think? Oh yeah, because we, we've personally, not personally, uh, I mean you, like our company, we have sold hundreds of boxes. Right. Of but what I'm saying, maybe, it, do you think it's their way of trying to get into that? It might be. It might just be. to kind of dabble. Yeah, um, uh, the thing with with it, uh, as as great of a cigar as it is, and vi- I don't see people in fifteen years asking, "Oh, do you have any rebellious?" Because um, a lot of times you got to remember, some things are so limited and good that they go quick before they can really make an impact, right? Like, like a like a marketing impact like that. I think these are going to sell out instantly. I think they're amazing. Um, I don't have my review sheet in front of me, but. Uh, I can see this easily hitting in the 90s. Yeah, this is a good scar. It's, it's, it's really, really good. But in yeah. terms of having, and that's something that Altenis might have to work on, but they they are good at that in the more traditional Cuban sense than in the modern American sense. So, for example, the Cinquenta, when it, it you know obviously came out in the regular boxes of 10, but also in those special edition LE Blue humidors. That's much more of a Cuban-esque limited than an American limited. Right. Very fancy, very elegant, 100 cigars in the, in the box. I'm pretty sure they think they went for ten grand. Yeah, I think when they first came out, I think we had three of them on the website, and they all sold out. So somebody thirty grand, somebody bought. Yeah. Um, you but you really want to look into. So, like I said, something like the Monster Series, and also sometimes you got to take a chance on something that that's new. So Las Calaveras, uh, one of our favorite lines from from Crown Heads, they've been doing them since 2014. Um, there's some good, like, kind of resale power on, you know, the 17 or, you know, if, if, you, if you had a personal favorite, try to find a box of 2014s. I guarantee what started out as like a $200 box, I think, when it dropped six years ago, guarantee that's, that's five $600 now. If you find an unopened box of 2014 right. Las Calaveras, guarantees in that price range. Um, Oliva. Master Blend Series 1. I once saw, I saw it five years ago on a website for two grand. Wow. And that was like, that was a, it was a great cigar. I think it was as good as the Master Blend Series 3, which, we've, which they've been doing now for, I think, like a decade. They've been doing the three. But 
it was just one. It, it was right on the on the beginning of you know that that cigar was out when the us demographic started smoking, and then it went away. And it was kind of one of those first ones that people were like, "Oh wait, I want to find this. I really smoked that. I can't find." It. And you start researching, and then you eventually find it on secondary websites. Um, I will say it, it's tougher with yearly releases like Las Calvieras compared to the Monster series because even though each year Las Calvieras is different. They use similar bands and similar packaging, right. where you might not remember. Whereas the Tatuaje Monster, like it has more of a concept, like more more of a distinct concept going into each one. Where it's like, this is the Freddy, this is the Jason, right. this is the Mummy. So it's kind of like, like, like I got to like I got to collect them all, got to catch them all kind of a uh, kind of mentality. Um, now you have you know newer companies like like Roma Craft doing their craft series, or um, they're doing a special edition um, size for each of their lines for their Weasel Fest that they're doing in, I believe it's in September. Um, the, a Grand Perfecto sampler of like, we had a one Grand Perfecto, which is like a big double-end torpedo of each right. of their thing. Something like that can have some, some power. I will say, at least in the short-term future, for a lot of these, just, just because the, the act of you know limited editions and exclusives is becoming more apparent now i see these used better as trade bait than as like in 10 years someone's going to pay me a lot of money for these i really think that sticks with something with a little more historical context like the tatawahe monster series one of the first of that sort or with the cubans is where i see you buying a historical box and then you know in 10 years it's, it's five grand it's three grand for these though i see definitely like oh you have two of the 2019 craft series, I'll give you five of these things or 10 right. of these things. Um, same thing with a lot of the Davidoffs. I think Davidoff, Davidoff kind of is on that borderline of like trade bait, more modern, but also because of the luxury and the whole prestige associated with the company, they can have those kind of long-term futures on it as well. Something like the Chef's Edition or their, their year of their Chinese Zodiac releases the year of the Rooster, year of the Rat that, that right. they do. Um, so as, as, you know, someone that doesn't, I don't, you know, someone that hasn't invested into limited editions, what would you suggest to someone who wanted to start doing that? What would, you know, now, now granted, you know, you have things in the past that you can't get anymore, but going on into the future, what would you do? For me, I would start off and it's, it's going to sound like you're getting screwed, but I would start off buying limited editions that are pretty available and then kind of working your collection down. So, like, you know, you buy a box of, let's say, the Rebellious, and, like, hey, I'll give you eight of these limited Rebellious for, you know, five of your 2014 Las Calaveras. Oh, okay, you do that trade. Then you have that, all right, I'll give you, you know, two of these 2014 Las Calaveras for two of your Opus X, you know, Opus 20ths, you know. Right. And then you kind of work it down until you find the really crazy stuff um, otherwise, it's a guessing game. You got to guess like what's really going to captivate an audience. There's a lot of great cigars right now. You see it on the, our Instagram. You see what we what we talk about. And this is not a knock on on the manufacturing or anything. I haven't seen something with that that crazy kind of star power that's new in a couple years. Las Calaveras did it. Um, Liga did it in the in the mid to late two thousands. But that kind of creating an icon that will have long-lasting effects, and if you find an original box, it's going to be worth so much. Just because it's hard to tell now, like what actually is limited, or are you going to use this blend of something different later, 
or what you know what is the nature of limited to you you know like 60 boxes is like pretty limited right um but again now where where depends. where do you suggest someone to try to get these i mean granted of course like you try to find out a brick and mortar e-commerce but most uh sites but like or us um but like where are the event cigar only usually those ones that there you want to try see that's that's a good that's a good bring up for you that's a good topic is though that's something that i that I, I would look into um one of the best cigars i ever had and i've said this time and time again and it, it's still a top three cigar for me ever was the tatuaje pork tenderloin did i give you one of those no i gave, oh, I gave it my friend mike i only had two left it's okay no now i only have one left yeah. i gave it to him for his 30th birthday so a couple of years ago, Tatuaje, uh, Pete Johnson and his crew were doing like a bus tour, like a, like a traveling tour, where they basically show up in like a touring bus, you know, like, like a rock and roll musician, you know, like a, what's it called? Like an R, a big RV, like a fancy RV. Right. And they would do like these, these pop-up events at a store where they bring their own product, you know, and everything. And for most stores, in order to buy, so the pork tenderloins were a limited edition Connecticut Broadleaf wrap. This is what stuck me on that wrapper was this cigar. Uh, and it was a package of, I think it was 20, and they came wrapped in butcher paper. Like you would get like a pork chop or, or a steak from the butcher shop. Butcher paper with the, like the, the butcher sticker on it, and it would have the blend and everything. So it used to be, first of all, the, the package was $300. And you had to spend 300 bucks on other types of Wahey product to be, even to, to be able to buy wow. these. There was a problem with like our codes in the store. We didn't know he was coming till last minute. So I was like, oh, yeah, just sell them normally. Well, a guy I know from the cigar forums, I had told him, like, dude, come out. You know, he was a big Tatawahe guy. So I'm going to buy the pork tenderloins. And I'm like, hey, could I, like, buy five of them off of you? He's like, yeah, absolutely. So I spent, like, 60 bucks, and I got five. So those are – and that's the only way – and I don't think they've done that at an event in, like, four or five years. I I haven't seen any – you Google it. You can't – unless somebody's selling them, like, on their Facebook page, you can't find any of them anymore. I would say that a lot of companies are doing cool stuff like that now. I know Steve Saka is doing it like with the Palpetta. Um, Nick did it with the uh, Menelik, and now he's doing it with the Grasshopper, that Candela wrapped one. So those ones, you know, the the Year of the Rat, the David that um, Drew Estate is right. doing right now. And also the Flying Pig size was a lot of like there's barn smoker one right or did they sell them. Yeah, regularly? but they they they're, they're they sold flying them. pigs. Are, those, well, now they that, are. That sampler is available. Uh, is like, like limited. The sampler we got with, with one of each of them, right? In it. But like those sizes are pretty readily, they're not okay. readily, but like you. they're. But what you, what you don't want to have happen is kind of like as an investor, as a collector, you look at things a little differently than your regular consumer. For me, because I really don't collect that much, is I was super happy when Nick released the Menelik to a general, to general populace. If I'm a collector and I went to like two of his events and like bought like, you know, two of spend a thousand dollars so I can get two of these boxes and I'm like oh yeah these are vent only no one's you know it's never going to be seen again and then they come out and release it reg- regularly it's like well you just I just lost like half of my right. investment kind of um, but no that, that, that that's that's a great modern way is to look for these kind of event only cigars if they're truly event only um, like I said like the year of the rap but then I guess you know in, in three or four years like like the velvet rat was event only, but now you can buy them some places. Right. So if the year the rat becomes like, oh yeah, we can buy them some places, kind of loses that appeal. Your best bet is to is to do your research, and when you see a brand new thing coming up, and if if you can investigate the hype and and see if it's there, take a chance and buy two boxes, and then wait for the reviews to come in. Um, 
something li- like something limited that reaches like a like a number one cigar of the year, that's like a golden ticket. Um, stuff like the Quattro Nicaragua, it was tough to get it for like a few weeks, but now it's readily available. Still an amazing cigar, and we're still selling a crazy amount of them because of that list and because it's a great cigar. But I'm thinking more like the La Flor Dominicana Andalusian Bowl. He made those that year. It got rated number one, and then that was it. I think I still have two at home. Crazy shape. He found the cigar mold in like Amsterdam. So it was a crazy, unbefore, you know, never before seen shape and blend. Um, very unique looking box, very unique looking band for La Florida Minicana. Having that and then getting number one, I guarantee somebody would spend double right. MSRP on, that, on, on a full box right now. Double. Wow. Um, and also the singles I have could definitely be used in trade bait. Hey, I'll give you this. You know, for, for three of your standard opus, I'll give you one Andalusian bowl or whatever it is. So it's about investigating, seeing the trends, um, but also like not being fooled by, like I said, by the words, you know, limited. Um, unfortunately for Cigar Dojo, that happens a lot. Those things are highly valued coming out of the gate because, you know, oh, we only have 200 packs. And then eventually those manufacturers, which they have the right to it, maybe after a certain period of time to go and release them to the public. Um, the, the Whiskey Rebellion and the Dogma, you can only get these, these Cigar Dojo, and then it was gone forever, and now you can kind of get them everywhere. Right. It's still a great cigar, I think my favorite size right. and shape. Um, right, so that's why I'm knocking on wood that the Psychedelic Turtle is never, because that was, that was a legit, that was one of the most legitimate, like, sh- small batch products I've seen in a long time, and, that, and we did that one. It was like 250 packs, sold out in a day, and they sold some at Smoke in the Carolinas, and then never again. Right. We didn't do it. Dojo didn't do it. Espinosa didn't bring it back. It was those, and it's gone. I still have, like, six left. That was a, that was a really good smoke. So it's, it's that. It's a, it's a matter of um, understanding the trends, understanding the industry, and you got to take a chance and, and, and hope that some media outlet or, or some, some extra it, it needs an extra source of notoriety to get it to that level of wanted by the well, masses. It's like, getting, it's like getting a rookie card. Yeah, you got to hope he does well. Right. You know, but I, I still, I, I think Derek Jeter rookie cards are only like 40 hours. Now. Well, no, I mean, baseball cards are not as yeah. worth it. But yeah. what I'm saying is like, it's just like even getting an autograph of Ken but Griffey Jr. Thing. as once, a rookie. To, once you start creating something, creating a lot of something to intentionally, because you know what? So once baseball cards became valuable, they started making a lot more baseball cards. Because right. like, oh, people are going to buy them now because they're going to invest them because they're going to... And what did that do to the price, like like the overall investment nature of baseball cards? Can't sell them for shit. I also don't think people value value them as much as they used to be. Because there's because so many. Because you can, also because of the thing of the internet that people could just check it out. It's not like I don't think it's. It was a big deal with somebody like, oh, I have a you know a Mickey Mantle rookie card because nobody knew to save them. That's and true. That, that was the whole yeah. thing with toys too. Why, why some of these vintage toys? Because nobody thought to save them. So when you happen to have one right. undamaged in the box, it's a, now people are buying these things in bulk with the intention of saving them and you're flooding the market with that so they're sure. not as valuable. Same thing with, with limited editions. It's like, oh, this Opus X was the only limited edition like in the entire industry and now each company that we know and love has a limited edition. True. You know? So sure. you got to find that gem. Yeah, that's what you got. That, that, that's it. You got to find that diamond in the rough. Uh, at least in the American market, it's very easy to get into the collecting and investing in the Cuban market. You just got to have the money to do it. Sure. You you, you have a hundred grand saved up. You could very easily get into that, maintain it. It, it will grow over time. Um, but you just got to have the money to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wish I could smoke a little more of this. It's well, just, you were you were talking a lot. Yeah, I was, was talking good. A lot you had a lot of all the all the information. This is but, fantastic. Yeah, I'm I'm very. I want to be able to sit down and like. 
with nothing going on and enjoy yeah. it. But um, very, very good cigar. Henry Clay uh, Warhawk Rebellious um, available. Is it a, is that on our website? Our website? It's available soon. It's available. It'll be available by the time this, this video goes yeah. Um So check it out. And Greg and Chris, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, oh, man. Oh, please. 